Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and this is going to be for 2 Kings chapter 2. And it came to pass, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Regarding the doctrine of translation, the prophet Joseph Smith said, Many have supposed that the doctrine of translation was a doctrine whereby men were taken immediately into the presence of God and into an eternal fullness, but this is a mistaken idea. Their places of habitation... Their place of habitation is that of the terrestrial order, and a place prepared for such characters he held in reserve to be ministering angels unto many planets, and who as yet have not entered into so great a fullness as those who have re- who are resurrected from the dead. Translation obtains deliverance from the tortures and sufferings of the body, but their existence will prolong as to the labors and toils of the ministry before they can enter into so great a rest and glory. That was by Joseph Smith. Verse 2, And and Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets, or the school of the prophets, that were at Bethel, came forth to Elisha, and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha, and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it, hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. These were locations where the school of the prophets were located. Elijah was going to bid them goodbye. That's why he's going from one place to another. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And now the two had gone down the bank of the Jordan and stood by the edge of its waters. Elijah took off his loose upper garment, the symbol of his prophetic office, and wrapping it together as if to make a staff, smote smote with it the waters. And lo, as when the ark of God had preceded Israel, the waters divided and they passed over dry shod. Surely there could not have been more apt teaching for Elisha and for all future times that the power of wonder working rested not with the prophet individually, but but was attached to his office, of which this rough raiment was the badge. The same truth was conveyed by what passed on the other side. There the reward, or perhaps we should rather say the result of his spiritual perseverance, awaited Elisha. But although Elijah asked him to say what he would do for him before their parting, it was not his to grant the request. No one would imagine that Elisha's entreaty for a double measure of, of his master's spirit was prompted by the desire that his ministry should, should greatly surpass that of, of Elijah. 
although even in that case it would it would be it would not be warrantable to attribute such a wish to anything like ambition earnestly covet the best gifts is a sound and spiritual principle and elisha might without any thought of himself seek a double portion of his master's spirit in view of the great works before him but perhaps it may be safer although we make no assertion on the point to think that here of the right of the firstborn to whom the law assigned a twofold portion in that case elisha would in asking a double portion of his spirit have intended to entreat the right of succession and with this the reply of elijah records elisha had asked a hard thing which it was not in any man's power to grant but elijah could give him a sign by which to know whether god designated and would qualify him to be his successor if he saw it all that when elijah was taken from him then but only then would it be as he had asked and that was by edersheim Verse 10, And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. Doctrine and Covenant says, Wherefore, beware lest ye be deceived, and that ye may not be deceived. Seek ye earnestly the best gifts, always remembering for what they are given. For verily I say unto you, they are given for the benefit of those who love me and keep all my commandments. And him that seeketh so to do, that all may be benefited that seek or that ask of me, that ask and not for a sign, that they may consume it upon their lusts. Verse 11, And it came to pass, as they went, as, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. The fiery chariot and the horses were emblem of Jehovah. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes, and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to him to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. How is the prophet selected today? What are the principles of succession in the presidency? In our dispensation, the prophet will always be the most senior apostle on the earth. Verse 16, And they said unto him, Behold, now there, there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master. Lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord hath taken him up, and cast him upon some mountain, or into some valley, and he said, Ye shall not rent, ye shall not send. And when they had urged him till he was ashamed, he said, Send. They sent therefore fifty men, and they sought three days, but found him not. And when they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, Did I not say unto you, Go not? And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise, or a dish, or a bowl. It had, not, it had to be new to show it belonged only to God, and put salt therein. Putting salt in the water makes the miracle more significant. Salt was the emblem of incorruption and purification, and they brought it to him. And he went forth into the spring of the waters, and cast the salt in there, and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. 
Traveling in the Jordan Valley, one passes by Jericho and a well which supplied the ancient city with water and is still called the Spring of Elisha. It is a reminder that the breakish water was healed by God through his newly appointed prophet Elijah, Elisha. That water supply is still one of the main freshwater sources for Jericho today. Verse 23, And he went up from thence unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children, Hebrew youths, not little children, young men out of the city, and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. Traveling from Jericho to Bethel is a climb of about 3,000 feet, not a flattering term to call, be called bald head. This may also have reference to Elijah, Elijah's translation of going up. This was not just mocking the prophet, but open defiance of God. Verse 24, And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. There is a period after, Lord, this attack may not have been immediate after the cursing. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tarry, and tear forty and two children of them. It was possible that the young men were responsible for the deaths of the bear cubs of these female bears who were looking for their attackers. In Second Samuel it says, Thou knowest thy father and his men, that they be mighty men, and they be chafed in their minds, as a bear robbed of her whelps in the field. Following this event, no one opposed Elisha. Is Elisha blamed for the deaths of these children or these, these young men? In answering this question, consider the following interpretations. One, the word that in King James Version is translated little children means young as compared to old and can be translated not only as child but as young men, meaning a servant or one fit to go out to battle. In, in number two, in verse 24, the idea ends. This ending is indicated by a period after and cursed them in the name of the Lord. The verse then states that two, two she-bears came out of the woods. The assumption that Elisha directed the bears may not be justified. That was by, I'm sorry, that, this is all out of the Institute Manual. Clark suggested, but is it not possible that these 42 were a set of unlucky young men who had been employed in the wood, destroying the whelps of these same she-bears who now pursued them and tore them to pieces for the injury they had done. We have already heard of the ferocity of a bear robbed of her whelps, and that's in Second Samuel that I just read. The mention of she-bears gives some color to the above conjecture, and probably at the, same or at the time when these young fellows insulted the prophet, the bears might be tracing the footsteps of the murderers of their young, and thus came upon them in the midst of their insults. God's providence ordering these occurrences so as to make this natural effect appear as a divine cause. If the conjecture be correct, the bears were prepared by their loss to execute the curse of the prophet, and God's justice guided them to the spot to punish the iniquity that had just been commissioned or just been committed. Verse 25, and he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. So that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.